So we got to be careful. So I'm here with my friend Nathan Young. Thank you, Nathan, for joining hey. me on Am I Making Sense? The last time. No, no, no actually, you came into the studio. When yeah, I had yeah. a studio, it was me, you, it was the boys, basically. Yeah. It was the FFWs. <laughs> yeah. <who laughs> did a podcast. Right. But then this is the first time in the uh, in the new new studio, I mm-hmm. guess we're calling it. Yeah. yeah. So welcome. Yeah, that's a nice that's a nice setup. Eh, it's okay. It's all right. The cameras are good if I can learn how to configure them. And if you have the right lighting, I think the cameras are really good. The audio is pretty okay, but um, all of this I'd like to redo. I don't know. I'm going to make some plans. I'm going to figure out what to do with this garage so that it looks more like an official studio and then turn it kind of into a South Bay thing for for comedy. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So how you been, man? How have I been? Uh, I took a week off because I got wisdom teeth surgery. Oh, like, yeah. So nice. I was, uh, how many teeth? Uh, two. Okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's Some people got to get all four. Yeah. I only had to have two pulled, one at one time and then another at another time. And uh, I guess I never had the other two come in. Oh, huh. How come How come you didn't get two pulled out once? Because one was impacted. Oh, okay. So it was an emergency situation. In fact, my story is an interesting <laughs> story. I want to hear about your story with Wisdom Teeth, but I'll share my story. Sure, sure. So this was like the early 90s, right? And really, we had internet. I was on AOL, but you just didn't research things, right? So my the back of my jaw was hurting. I think it was lower left. And I went into a dentist. And the dentist was like, oh, yeah, took the x-ray. You have uh, an impacted wisdom tooth. It's like pushing forward on all your other ones, and like there's some infection or something going on. And um, at the time, I think I was 18 years old or something. So I had it was literally my first job where I had insurance. Oh, no, so I must have been 19. So it was the first gig I ever had with health insurance. Um, so I didn't know about going to doctors. I didn't know about dentists. I didn't know protocol for anything, right? I was kind of just a, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like I just fell off the turnip truck, truck kind of thing, you know, where I was like just some random kid walking into a dentist. And so I thought dentists pull teeth. And so this dentist, who I don't think was a very reputable dentist, um, there was a number of things she did that were sketchy that looking back, I had other dentists say, Whoa, that's really weird. That dentist shouldn't have done that. Is um, she Chinese? I think she was Filipino. All right. Well, that checks out. Okay. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> I don't know. Asian doctors can be kind of sketchy. Yeah. Well, I think, no. So here's what it is. Now, de- dentists have since told me that when it comes to insurance, it's, these are all like line items. And then as long as you're credentialed or whatever you can do you can perform the procedure and get the payment so anyway i had had i think it was zero fillings through my entire childhood and teenage years maybe one filling or something like that when i went to her at 19 it was like oh you got a feeling you need to get this fixed this fixed this fixed and i was like what the shit and my and my mouth was hurting from the um from the wisdom tooth so cutting to the chase um she did all the fillings and everything but that day she did the wisdom tooth. She literally did a wisdom tooth operation uh, on an impacted tooth in a dental chair with no um, like anesthesiologist. You went to sleep, right? 
Uh, no, I did local. So. Oh, you did local. Yeah, I did local. Okay. So the second one I had pulled, I was uh, there was an anesthesiologist involved where I I went to sleep, but she was pulling so hard on my teeth, um, that at one point, she was literally like saying, "Oh, hold your jaw like this." <laughs> While she was pulling to, like, reinforce my jaw. Yeah. And it felt like when I left that dentist's office, even though it was local anesthesia, like, my whole face was sore. Like, I had just been beaten repeatedly. And, I mean, I saw the wisdom tooth. Uh, it was huge. Like, the, did you look at your wisdom teeth? Did they show uh, you? I got a glimpse of it. Yeah. They're huge teeth. They look like horse teeth, right? Like, I'm, I'm probably, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say, like, the roots were that long. I don't think mine were as big as yours. Okay. She did say I had a big tooth, which is why it was hard to get out. Yeah. And um, it hurt so bad. And, like, that sucker thing that she was pulling with, it was just, like, blood. Just blood coming out of it. And I don't know how long it took, but I could tell she was getting frustrated. Like, her appointments were all getting backed up because she couldn't pull this tooth mm -hmm. out of my mouth. And um, so as the week – so she said, okay, you got to come back in a week to have it checked out and cleaned and whatnot. Well, my mouth um, – had gotten infected within like two days to where it was hurting even worse. Like my whole face was just like, oh, and I just thought it was a wisdom tooth thing. And I went back on the week. I was like popping aspirin and trying to drink as much water as possible, but everything hurt. Like I couldn't eat. I was only eating liquids, basically almost like a water diet at that point, water and soup. And I went back to get the thing checked. And she was like, her, her office was like, oh, we don't have an appointment for you. And I go, no, you don't understand. My face hurts so bad. I need this looked at. I don't know what's going on. So anyway, um, she treated me like she was really inconvenienced. Like, oh, no, you weren't supposed to come in. Is that another? I go, well, whatever. I need, I need a dentist right now. And so um, I went in, and she checked me. She goes, oh, yes, <laughs> you know, in her accent. I think it was a Filipino accent. Ooh, this is really bad. And then she went to clean out the infection. Oh, my God. There was no painkiller, no nothing. And she was just, like, scooping. She was, like, in my jaw in this open wound. Oh, jeez. And it was just every touch. There was, like, raw nerves. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if tears were running down my cheek. I just remember it hurt like a motherfucker. Um, so that was the first experience with my wisdom teeth. Fast forward years later, and I'm at a dentist just for a checkup or whatever. And they see the other wisdom tooth, and they say, yeah, the way that's coming in, it's not good. We don't see the other teeth coming in, so you must not have any. Um, and the dentist referred me to an oral surgeon. And then the oral surgeon did it, and it was like, it literally, I, I went to sleep. He did the thing where he counted backwards. It was like 10, 9. I may have got to 7. I went to sleep. I woke up. It was fine. Um, and there was no infection. I think they were dissolving stitches. So I don't even remember going back. I think I went back for a checkup or something. But the point being is there was almost zero pain involved. I don't think I took any painkillers. I was probably eating, you know, still soft food. But I was doing well within a few days after that. So it was night and day with my experience. So I don't know. Hopefully yours wasn't too bad. How did it go? No, it was not nearly as bad as what you mm. described. It, was, uh, it wasn't that bad. Um, okay. So I got the local anesthesia, which okay. means I was awake. Yeah. Uh, it hurt a little bit because they had to administer it first. But afterwards... Um, no, you it, just it felt tugging. Yeah. It just yeah. felt some pressure. Yeah. And the reason I chose local anesthesia was like, well, first of all, it was like at least $200 cheaper. Oh <laughs> yes. 
Also, I figure I'm only going to do this like once, maybe yeah. twice in my life. So, uh, tough yeah. Tough it out. Yeah, tough it out and see yeah. what it's like. Yeah, yeah. But also, I was like kind of examining what I was paying for. Because like, <laughs> like, you know, if you if you uh, get like the nitrous oxide, you pay yeah. like $200 more wow. to, to like take a nap. Yeah. If I, if I pay for local anesthesia, I I pay like a hundred something dollars and I get to see everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like You yeah, studied I'm, it. Yeah, I'm like, I can take naps for free. I'm not gonna pay for this. <laughs> I'll take an Uber this. home and nap on the ride home, right? Some, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh got some painkillers. Okay. Uh which I didn't actually need that much. Okay. I I got prescribed like two two different types and I only had to take the weaker type, which means I've have leftover drugs, which I might be able to sell. Yeah. No, I, I was in the same boat. When I went to the oral surgeon, they prescribed me. I think, actually, the only thing they prescribed me was Valium. Valium, huh? And, wait, is that the right word? That sounds like a psych word drug. Valium? Valium. Or va- vi- Vicodin. Not Valium. Vicodin. Vicodin. Oh, okay. Um, I knew it was one of the V ones. So, they prescribed me Vicodin. Um, they gave me a prescription, but then somehow... Um, I think they gave me one on the ride home, and I just said, oh, I'll, I'll take this one right now. And I took that one, and I just remember being really sleepy and lazy for the whole day. And then I never went to get the prescription filled because I just never hurt again. It was mm-hmm. really precise. I think the difference is, now that I'm thinking about it, um, the dentist pulled the tooth in one piece. I yeah. think the oral surgeon, did a s- he said he cut he cuts the teeth. So that they pop out of the gums a little easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same. Did he cut your teeth? Uh, it was a she, but she? yes, yeah, she did cut my teeth. Okay, yeah. So I think that makes it a little easier. Uh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> it's not like I think. I think the dentist was literally doing like an 1870s style tooth extraction where she was just rocking back and forth, wow. which is why she was telling me to hold the jaw, and I was just like, ah, 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 you know, going back. Yeah, and but forth. like, why no anesthesia though? That that part still doesn't make sense. Um, no, no, no. It was an it was a Novocaine shot. Oh, Novocaine shot. Yeah, the first time. The first time. Oh, so it wasn't like excruciating. Like uh, my tooth is being broken out. Like that area was numb, but it was like I could just tell everything in my jaw was getting kind of out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it wasn't good. It was not a good um, experience with the wisdom teeth. But back then, you would hear horror stories. Now, I don't think. There's as many horror stories. I think they've got it, you know, down to a science. Yeah. yeah. Pulling teeth. It's pretty good. To where, uh, you know, with the different tools, the precision tools, the painkillers, this, that, and the other. I think they get wisdom teeth out pretty easily. easily. But, you know, back then it was kind of like, oh, shoot, you got to get your wisdom teeth out. And then you would get a bunch of horror stories from oh people yeah, who yeah. got it pulled out. Hey, I don't know this. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, do your wisdom teeth fall out when you do meth? It's all your teeth, right, or something I think like that. So my understanding of meth is it, um, it dries up your saliva glands, uh-huh. and without saliva, your gums just like shrivel up. So I think all your teeth might fall out. Were you thinking of a quick, easy way to get rid of your wisdom <laughs> teeth? <laughs> uh, You're like, hey, mom, dad, I I don't know, I don't know about insurance, but uh, meth might do the trick here. Oh yeah, <laughs> insurance, <laughs> insurance is great. Yeah. No, s- insurance is crazy. So how long have you been in the workforce now? You're a, a bit of a young guy. I know you've had a m- couple jobs. Uh, I would say maybe like two years total. 
Because insurance is ridiculous now. Yeah. Insurance used to be something like you got a job and you paid an extra like 20 bucks out of your paycheck. And you got decent medical care, right? Yeah. You weren't, it wasn't top shelf stuff, but it was, you know, you didn't worry about it. But now, oh my gosh, so much of your paycheck goes to insurance. And it's not even the best insurance. I, I s- recently, this is boring podcast stuff, but I recently switched back to, uh, to Kaiser just because I was like, I don't know what I was paying for, but it felt like for with a family of four, it was, you know, I was paying however much out of my paycheck just to have insurance. And then every visit was turning into hundreds of dollars and I would have to be going back and forth with the insurance company and um, some, some other kind of stuff. And I, I just felt like it was thousands of dollars pouring out of the bank account, not every month, but every few months just to be covered. Um, so something kooky is going on with insurance yeah, in this day and age. Definitely. So anyway, on to comedy. On to comedy. How you been with comedy? You took a week off. Yeah, uh, I'm probably gonna be pretty rusty. I'm probably gonna bomb tonight, to be honest. But oh, it's all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all right. Or we could follow Munoz's advice. There is no bombing at an open mic. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I you mean, still feel it though, right? Uh, I mean, it's because I'm new. Mm. Yeah. How long you been doing it now? Um, I think in a like two months, I'm gonna hit the two year mark. So damn. Yeah. How does it feel? Has the time gone fast? Uh, actually, feels very slow because like because like we're still beginners, so a yeah. lot of the experiences are still new. Yeah, and also like some days just feel bad, and when stuff feels bad, it lasts longer. Interesting. I, I think I know what you're saying, but I it could be the that I'm an older guy, and I feel like time is just going so fast because I'm I think I'm at a year and a half. Yeah, that makes and sense. Um. I will say this. I'm still at the point where I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be a point where it gets to be uh, more difficult maybe yeah. to get out and hit open mics. Mm-hmm. But right now it's still you know, really fun for me getting out. Uh, so I think that is making it go fast. Even when I'm not doing well, it doesn't matter. I'm still having fun. Yeah, I'm on stage doing comedy. It's all good, you know. So it feels like it's going fast for me. Um, but that's probably an old man thing. You have less years under you. <laughs> so <laughs> so two years probably feels like a long time, whereas for me, two years is like I blink my eyes and there goes another two years. So I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you heard about any of the stuff in the uh, current events with, like, last week I did the question of the week with uh, Ari Shafir's comments after Kobe. You're a sports fan, right? Uh I'm not a huge basketball fan, but uh, I, I but I know I know what happened. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty crazy. What was your take on that? My take, I guess it's uh, I don't know, cause that that that's kind of like his character. Yeah, and I think it's fine to make jokes, but it also depends like what the joke is about and how you make it. Yeah, I think I think it was inevitable c- considering like who he is. And, yes, like the timing, cause it was like. Was it like even a week after he passed away? No, I think it was the day, uh, either the day of or the day after. Yeah, it was like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> that he was going to say something fucked up like that. Yeah, because like yeah. you look on the internet, you can find tons of Kobe jokes that are like, they're funny because like they're pretty harmless. I think yeah, one, yeah. one of them was like, uh, I think one of them was like uh, Kobe passed the ball and then Kobe says, over my dead body. Oh. Or something like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, but that one's really harmless. That's pretty harmless, yeah. Yeah, that's really harmless. Yeah, I was surprised on the scene. No one really had any jokes of their own. I think everyone just kind of left it alone. Um, but that's probably because it already had blown up by then. Yeah. Um, with whatever uh, Ari had shit. Oh, you're a football fan, though. Uh, yeah, uh, you could say that. Ugh. What's your take on the Super Bowl? Super Bowl. Uh, that was heartbreaking for me. Yeah, that that was pretty tough. Um, I think. Are you a Niners fan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, considering where we were last year, this was a good year. That's and true. I think. I th- I'm still willing to give the coach and Jimmy Garoppolo a chance. I mean. This oh heck yeah. Yeah, this is like his first full season starting. Yeah. So. One hundred percent. I'm sure he'll improve. And what was the final score on the game? It's like 31-20, I think. Yeah. So it wasn't like offense was totally anemic. I think it was just a situation where um, Niners' defense is good. Th- and this is my take. I, I don't follow football enough to have expert opinions. But I just don't think that they realized how high-octane Kansas City would be. And I don't think they had it in them to defend for four quarters. Because yeah. it seemed like it was a, it was one of those things where defense started off first quarter like, damn, they're good. And then second quarter is like, okay, you're still getting – and they went in tied. They went in tied for halftime, right? And then by mid-third quarter, I was thinking, oh, no, I don't think defense is going to be able to hold up to whatever Kansas City is doing right now. And there was one interception there where I kind of got my hopes up, but then you could tell by either late third quarter or early fourth quarter – it's like, oh, Kansas City is going to eventually yeah. light us up. And that's what they did. Yeah, I think I think the team played well until the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like that's where that's where Kansas City scored most of their points, I think. Yep. And like you could tell like by the fourth quarter like the team like had no fight left in them. Right. Which is a shame. Yeah. I mean I mean 5 and 2 is still pretty good as a oh, franchise. Heck yeah. Hey. I mean I'm kind of jealous because you actually lived through the Super Bowl yeah. wins. Like, I was born after the last Super Bowl win. So, like, yeah. I didn't get to see any of that live. That's right. The first uh, four. No, the first five. Yeah, because the first four five. in the 80s, and then uh, Steve Young won one in the mid-90s. I want to yeah. say 95, 96. Yeah. Around there. So, that was the fifth. And at that point, it was them and the Cowboys with the most wins. But then, of course, once 2000s came around, it was all about Patriots. Oh now, yeah. Patriots, how many wins do Patriots have? They six? have six. Yeah, they have six championships. That'll never be touched. Yeah. I don't see how anyone can touch that ever. I mean, the Steelers have six right oh, now. Oh, that's right. I don't know. The we'll Steelers we'll can keep up. Maybe. I mean, I, f- I feel like the team is imploding, which is, like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> also kind of sad. Yeah. That's true. But Steelers have kind of a, a timeless organization. Meaning they, they, I don't know, this is going to sound really bad, but their brand recognition, you know, yeah, there's yeah. always going to be someone who's going to be very interested in leading or owning the Steelers. Have they had the same ownership throughout their entire? I'm not sure, but I know th- um, the organization is pretty stable. Like they've had three coaches for okay. like decades. So, so the turnover is very low. Yeah. So, which is good. Right. But I think. Uh, they're just like a lot of uh, drama queens on the team, right? <laughs> which is which is funny because it's not my team. Yeah, I think that's pro sports though. Yeah. I think pro pro sports you have so many egos to manage. Mm-hmm. 
that and, and the press and the media is it's a whole different thing now, right? Because the media is on everybody all the time. That's true. Yeah. Every day, twenty four hours a day. So it's just a matter of time before opinions start getting out, back talking starts happening, and then the media will pump it up and then it'll come into the locker room, it'll come into, you know, whatever they're doing, coaching meetings and stuff like that. So I think it's just crazy how big sports has got, you know. Even yeah. in the 80s, it was like people got fired up about it, but I don't feel – first off, we didn't have – we had ESPN, but it was in its, like, infancy stages. Mm -hmm. So most people didn't pay attention what they were talking yeah. about on, on ESPN. It was your local news, and they were only going to cover kind of the fluffy feel-good stories, and they were only going to have post-game questions. They weren't going to be in the locker room every day. But now I think the media is just like in every professional sports locker room every day. Even if it's not in season, they're still asking questions about ownership yeah. and management. So, um, I yeah, the microscope under these teams and these players is just so significant that uh, it's going to feed egos, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably the same as comedy, entertainment, right? Comedy, you have to be humble, though, because you get your ass kicked for years before you're good. Yeah, th you would think that, but uh, some comedians forget. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or or it's like a like a defense mechanism. Like, they project arrogance when they're insecure. Ah, that could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, some of them are like that. Yeah, 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 that's true. The best way to make yourself appear to not be afraid is puff your chest up and, uh, you know act like you're the shit or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's crazy. Yeah. So what else is going on? You still hitting most of the mics in the South Bay? Or are you trying to get East Bay, Peninsula? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I'm s yeah, I'm still trying to hit South Bay mostly, but I'm also trying to do Santa Cruz. And yeah. I do want to hit like East Bay mics as I well. I know, me too. I feel like I, I really need to see what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, but I think... I might be going into kind of a set schedule for the next few months just because I'm so busy outside of podcasting and comedy. I might only be doing South Bay for a few months mm -hmm. just to get me through to the summer break. And then I'm going to start trying different mics. Um, definitely Santa Cruz. I'll, I'll still do Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is so worth it because as long yeah. as you're there by 830, most likely you'll get two mics and then you can come back to Caravan. Yeah. Uh, so that turns into a three night. Three mic night, which is really nice, really good to have. Um, so yeah, are you gonna be doing any of the roast stuff? Uh, no, I'm not. No. Well, I don't know, maybe in the future, but for now, no. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go watch because it's fun. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it's coming to our one of our local mics. Oh yeah, so Jacob, off the hook. Yeah, so that'll be good. Yeah. Um, that's good stuff. So what else, man? What else you got for me? Any I good have? stuff? <laughs> you liking your new job? Uh, yeah, it's 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 good. I don't know if this is podcast. No, this isn't possible. Yeah, it's not for What kind of program? Let's keep it very general. What what's your language that you program in? Uh, because I, I I'm kind of a dork too. Uh, a lot of Java. I would say Java. Like Java yeah. Okay, not JavaScript, but Java. Yeah, just Java. Okay, that's a hard one. It's okay. I mean, yeah. maybe it's because I'm so bad I don't know how hard it is. But ah, okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's good. Are you still getting time to write jokes? 
Uh, yeah, like sometimes during lunch, uh, which I don't know if it counts as company property because I do it. <laughs> uh, they, they, I mean, they could take I it, but hope I don't think, not. Yeah, I, I don't think not. they'd keep it, though. It's Wait, like is it on a pad and paper or on a computer? Uh, it's on pad and paper. Yeah, how could they take that? That's yours. Yeah, I mean, they'd probably look at it and be like, oh, this is trash. Like, you can yeah, keep yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make profit off of this. Yeah. What are you doing? No, I, uh, yeah, I, I really hope that that would never come into play because most of my writing is either on a break or lunchtime also. So, um. What's your opinion about, you know, you got a straight job. Do you tell anyone at your straight job that you uh, do comedy, or do you kind of keep it? Uh, no, I keep it a secret. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I, th I think it's just it would invite too many awkward conversations. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty so that's pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was funny. Uh, the time I had Mark Normand, he's already, you know, pay national touring professional comic and even he said he's like yeah if i'm at a party and people don't know me i don't even like to bring up that i'm a comedian because it's just the expectations get weird at that point like oh, oh yeah, yeah. make us laugh oh yeah that's, that's or so true even worse is it doesn't really matter well for me i'm podcasting so much but for you um they might you know do a google and if there's some stuff they don't like then you might have an hr thing on your hands oh yeah so that'd be it's best if we just don't even bring it up at the yeah. nine to five. Yeah, I mean, if if everything goes well, they'll find out about me like years down the line mm -hmm. anyway. It'll be a decade. Who's some of your favorite comics from, uh, like, uh, I don't know, your youth or kind of old school comics that you were into? Oh, uh, my favorite's Dave Chappelle. Okay. Um, I also like Bill Burr, Louis C.K., um, Chris Rock, ton of others that I can't recollect right now. But yeah, yeah. Because I remember hearing stories about uh, Rodney Dangerfield, and he was literally doing late night talk shows mm -hmm. at night, and then during the day he was still selling aluminum siding. So he would be working at a c at one of his customers or clients' houses. Yeah. Um. And then go in and say, hey, can we turn on the television on Ed Sullivan? And then, like, watch his act. But the point being is, like, he was still having to work a 9 to 5, even though he was, quote, unquote, a national yeah, celebrity. Wait, what time What time period was that? Oh, that's probably 70s, maybe late 60s. Because I know 70s. it's, like, a lot easier to make money off of it now. Um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, it's more established. Yeah. Because there's comedy clubs uh, probably in every major city now, whereas... When he was doing it, it was probably a New York, L.A., and San Francisco thing. So, yeah, probably different times. Um, wh have you seen all of Chappelle's most recent Netflix? Uh, I would say so, yeah. I think yeah. I've seen everything. Which one is your favorite? Uh, that's a good question. It might, because I like his newer stuff, but... yeah. I think my favorite, just because of nostalgia, is probably like the 2004 special when he was in uh, San Francisco. Oh, that's good. I think it was called like yeah. For What It's Worth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. That yeah. was really good. That, that was, was really good, yeah. Skinny Dave. Yeah, and like the, the, really f the really awesome thing about Dave is he says a lot of stuff that people still quote today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is like, that in itself is impressive, but also because stuff happens in the news that makes it relevant again. Yeah. 
like like the Ja Rule stuff or like the R. Kelly stuff. Oh, that's right. Did he touch thing. on that back then? Yeah. He made fun of Ja Rule and he made fun of R. Kelly. Oh, I mean, okay. Yeah, he made fun of both of them back in the day. Wow. Were they already, or I don't know, the, what was the story with Ja Rule? I don't know. Oh, he was making fun of how, like, People, especially Americans, they care too much about what celebrities say. Oh, stuff right. that like is not related to their art. Yes, and 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 basically, uh, have you heard about the Fire Festival scandal? Uh, yes. Yeah, Ja Rule was involved in that, and then uh, people uh, kept like quoting him, but saying like, "Where's Ja Rule?" Yeah. <laughs> Somebody please find Ja Rule, and just it, it was it was great. I watched the documentary they did on Fire Island. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable watching Ja Rule try and hold that stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> because it was clear he was just a hype man. Mm-hmm. He knew none of the business side, none of the logistics side, yet he was constantly trying to hype it mm-hmm. as something that's such a big thing. And when people would be getting in these meetings like, hey, things are falling apart, then Ja Rule would jump in and be, you know, <laughs> do whatever Ja Rule <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah. But that guy, oh, my God, I cannot believe whoever the CEO of that Fire app was. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Billy McFarlane. Oh, is that it? It's best to forget his name anyway because he's a complete slime bag. Oh, yeah. But what blew my mind was at some point in this documentary, you're thinking, oh, you know it's going to go bad, right? Because you already know the end results of Fire Island. But you're watching it and you're thinking, well, maybe it was just everyone had a little bit too high expectations. Maybe people overshot their goals. Uh, whatever else. But then you start, um, as it progresses, you realize, oh, the CEO is a psychopath. Yeah, he, he's twisted. He's twisted. Like he's, he's delusional. He's manipulative. He's um, outright, he's just stealing. Yeah. He's, he's putting in place pyramid schemes, but clumsy pyramid schemes. Yeah. And, you know, Ja Rule was just backing the whole thing, backing up, and you're like, ooh, this is uncomfortable. And then as it progressed, you know, you get to the end where the whole fire thing blows up and basically he's on trial, he's going to do jail time. And then this fucking guy goes and starts another con with oh some yeah. app where he starts selling VIP access to these other things that he has no access to, to just random people from an old mailing list from fire. And you're just like, what kind of uh, delusional, unaware psychopath can literally be on trial for a crime and then start committing that crime again months after whatever has happened with fire. Yeah, dude has a problem. You're right about that. But here's what's crazy. Ja Rule, I don't think he's facing any criminal problems with this. Yeah, he got away with it. <laughs> he <somehow>. got away. <laughs> yeah, like they forgot him or something. They forgot him. And But I think that's because of everything I just described. Probably a good prosecution team realizes Oh, Ja Rule was just there to say, yep, yep, after <laughs> everything <laughs> the CEO would say, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that was basically what was giving it legitimacy mm-hmm. was that, oh, this celebrity was um, was backing it the whole way, but, like, he probably had no idea what was going on. Yeah, it's just, it's also funny that they used Ja Rule because, like, by that point, he hadn't been, like, really popular for years. Well, is, doesn't he have some movie fame? Is it Fast and Furious or? I, I don't know. I don't remember. He has some movie fame. There's some movie or some roles he's had that have kept him relevant outside of music. I think. I don't know. I'm not that good with pop culture. I, I so don't I really remember wrong. either. Yeah. But uh, that was 
Wait, did you watch the Netflix documentary? Or yeah. did you see the Hulu? Oh, so you saw the part where Andy uh, has to get the water bottles, right? I think so. Refresh my memory. How did that go? It was the one where, like, it was being held at customs, and then Billy was like, hey. Oh, yeah. yes. So he was going to have to go and do some sex yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Dude, I've never worked that hard at my <laughs> job ever. <laughs> and that's really impressive. Yeah, I wouldn't be laying it on the line. No way. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, go get the water bottles. I remember that. And then he was like, okay. Like, he was going to do it. Yeah. But then somehow he didn't have to go through with it. I forget what happened. I, I'm surprised he admitted it. Like, why would you admit this? Yeah. But, you know, I- influencers. So the whole thing was driven by influencers, right? Yeah. So he got, quote, unquote, influencers and had them uh, pump up Fire Island. Mm-hmm. And then he would charge them whatever, a couple thousand dollars for yeah. a ticket, right? Uh, what's your opinion on the whole social media thing where we have people quote unquote influencing us? Yeah. Just showing off their lifestyle. Um, and maybe they have substance behind what they do. Maybe they don't, but it seems like people are following them blindly. I know you're not a big social media guy. Uh, I, I try to limit it. Yeah. A little bit, but I try to limit it. Yeah. I'm in the same boat now. I do a live thing right before I do the podcast. I'll do a Instagram thing, but I'm trying to not even open Instagram anymore. Like I used to promote the podcast through it and everything, but what I end up doing is I'll go to post a picture and I'll post a picture and then I'll start looking in the feed. Like, 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 maybe a comment here and there, maybe watch some stories. And then before you know it, 15 minutes, 20 minutes has gone by and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. fuck. I could have been doing so many things. I could have been editing video. I could have been setting up podcasts. I could have been writing jokes. Yeah, but you made some Instagram model feel better about herself. Oh, jeez, that's true. You know what? Yeah. I did good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should be patting myself on the back. But it's not even the models. I mean, I'm literally just doing it with people in our community here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be, like, liking promos or whatever. Yeah. Liking people's comments or pictures. And, uh thinking but i'm gonna see these people later <laughs> why do i need to be looking at their instagram feed yeah i mean it's fun yeah, yeah it is it's a good way to spend time i think it's a generational thing you're one of the rare i would say younger people who's not at all no jacob's not into social media at all either he yeah. has an account but i've never really seen him post yeah, he's anything. not super into it no either. i don't think so yeah which i think is good yeah i mean i feel like Getting too into it is like playing one of those games that I'm just going to lose at some point. So I don't really think it's worth playing. Right. And what's the, uh, you know, what what's the skill that you're bringing for? I mean, someone who's good at taking pictures, I get it. You're taking pretty pictures. So that's cool. Um, I guess if you're a comic and you're throwing out jokes, it's good to have, uh, what's that called? Twitter. You can oh try yeah, one-liners yeah. on Twitter. Um but after that, yeah, it's, it seems like it's a lot of work, a lot of stress for something that isn't really going to help you too much. I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, it's a mixed bag. It is. Uh, I feel like a lot of stuff that's come from the whole social media explosion, it was like not taken into account at all when these apps were made. Cause yeah. I mean, it w- it's really too hard to predict the future, yeah. especially with technology. Yeah getting it's getting crazy right now 
What do you think's next on the hi- horizon for technology? What's the next big thing? I don't know, actually. Maybe something AI related. I I don't, I don't know. I'm not really good at predictions. Yeah, you think AI is going to be writing jokes, replacing stand-up comedy? Anytime oh, soon? definitely not. I think no. no th- there are so many problems that need to be fixed. Like yeah. replacing stand-up comedians is pretty low on the yeah. priority <laughs> list. And also, those robots would like kill themselves. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because like. Because, like, they're smart, so they know that, oh, I should probably kill myself instead of yeah, yeah. do the stand-up <laughs> comedy thing. But but the human connection is also very important. Like, like like I would rather hear jokes from you than, like, some robot. Like, yeah. like I don't give a shit about the robot. Like, all of its memories are, like, fake. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah, the whatever it's called, the neural link or the neuro, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's, it's a it's, it's uh, amalgamation of everything that's been fed into it. But it's not its own experiences. Yeah. Oh, here's a thinker for you. Oh, crap. You're a tech guy. You're also a comedian. So that probably means you're thinking about life. Have you heard about this theory that people are kicking around about potentially we are a simulation? Uh, I've heard a little bit about it, but I don't know too much. You don't know too much? I mean, wha- what's it What's it about? Just tell me. Uh, that if... um. So if technology continues at the pace it continues that eventually computing power will be so strong you'll be able to simulate all the conditions in the universe maybe not simultaneously but fast enough to where you can simulate universes within computer programs and if that's the case who's to say we aren't already a simulation within one of these machines hmm. to which i say that's interesting, but how um, how do we differentiate that from someone just saying God made us? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somewhere there's a chicken and an egg problem. Yeah. And so I uh, the thir- the first thing I think about is how would you experiment if you're in a simulation? Is there some kind of like inception test that you can run on yourself? Or something in your life that would say, oh, that's happening in a way that I know it's a simulation. And I can't think of an experiment to do anything like that or test that. Yeah, I'm not too knowledgeable about this. Yeah, no, me neither. So I, uh, yeah, I pretty much just kind of, I think about it and then I go, ah, it's a pointless thought, you know. I don't know. Um, It's up there with God talking about god yeah, maybe right. someone will make use of it yeah but i don't know i'm, I'm, I'm like kind of too self-involved to really yeah, yeah. explore it any further <laughs> <laughs> you're just worried about the next joke you gotta write yeah just stuff in my personal life i guess yeah so uh where do you get you where do you get your inspiration for writing jokes writing jokes uh well i would say most of it is just um from daily life uh especially uh, interacting with friends like the other comics, yeah. Um, I feel like if you just like uh, just bullshit with them, you can come up with a lot of great ideas. Yeah. Like you can come up with a lot of great ideas, and you can give them a lot of great ideas. Yeah. Um, but also, even when you're on your own and you just like see what's happening around you, yeah. Um, you can you can think of a lot of questions about what's going on. Yeah. Like if you just see someone walk on the street, you can come up with a backstory that's completely uh not true but 
interesting. It could be interesting, yeah. I've always done that. I told I told people, I told my wife this one time. I go, hey, when you see someone walk by, do you create a life story for them? She's like, no, that's stupid. Why do you? I, I do that <laughs> all the time. I go, what's this dude's story? Like, oh, maybe he's a, you know, I, I don't know what the deal is, but I always make something up. Like, how many kids does this guy have? Or is this guy an alcoholic? Or what is this guy doing? And, you know, or gal, whatever. And I'm constantly concocting little stories here and there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how comedian minds work and other people don't work that way. Yeah, honestly, like, once you get into comedy, if you really enjoy it, it's, like, impossible to leave, like, permanently. Like, your life I has changed so. forever, yeah. I told Pete this one time, we were driving back from some show, and I said, I feel kind of like I've just been served a lifetime sentence, you know. And I'm very aware that I'm because of time constraints and lifestyle and whatnot, I'll never be able to get, um, you know, good or commercial. But nevertheless, I, I just have to do this now. It's one of those things where I'm just like, okay, it's Monday night. I got to go. Tuesday nights, now we got a mic close by. I got to go. Uh, Wednesdays, Caravan or Santa Cruz, I got to go. So it just feels like it, you get the taste of the drug. Yeah. And then that's that. You're in. Yeah, I mean, even if this only stays as a hobby, I think it's a good one to have. I think so. Yeah, you 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 get a lot of positive experiences from it. Yeah, I'm sure it pays off in other areas. You know, it's hard to find the the areas where it'll pay off for you know guys like us who work kind of in, in in tech jobs. But I'm sure there's something in here we're doing that's making us stronger in other aspects. Hopefully, but even if it isn't, who cares? Yeah, we're having a good time. Yeah. I tell people this like, I got into podcasting because I thought I wanted to do, um, like document, yeah, the comedy scene in the South Bay. What's going on right now? And then it quickly turned into like, oh, this is my social life. I'm just booking podcasts with people I want to be talking with and hanging out with. So it kind of switched from, oh yeah, I'm gonna make this thing where I'm getting to know everyone in the comedy scene and what makes the comedy scene go. And now I'm just kind of like, oh, I just want to hang out with people. So, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going with the podcast. I don't know if I'm going to change format. I don't know how it should look. Uh, but it's good enough for now. Just set things up and hang out with people and shoot the shit. Yeah, you don't have to figure it out right now. No, there's no rush at all. Um, speaking of rush, this actually went really quick. So we've been on for about 43 minutes. It's 810. Um, do you want to – I don't know what time is Woodham starting tonight. Do you know? I don't know. Pete says it's 8, but it's like – Eight thirty or nine—I have no idea. Okay, let's let's wrap it up because I'm on pretty early over there. Sure. And uh, I I know you're probably earlier because you got places to go tomorrow. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Is there any showcases you got coming up? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, uh, that's fine. Me neither. So just catch him anywhere. He's yeah, not I on social so. media, <laughs> but I can tell you he's at Woodham's on Monday nights, <laughs> sure. and he's at Caravan on Wednesday nights. So check out Nathan Young. Uh, thank you for joining, my friend. This was yeah. good. We'll have you to know, do this, this again. lighting setup reminds me of the Gail King R. Kelly interview. But I don't know which one of us is R. Kelly. Um, so I didn't follow any of that R. Kelly stuff. I didn't watch it because I, um, so I know the allegations. And it's kind of that's enough. I'm gonna let the court system figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> because I tried watching the Michael Jackson one. Yeah. Oh, that was just like. I don't need to hear any of this. Like, I, I don't know how long the Michael Jackson um, documentary was. I think it might have been like 
between six to eight hours mm. because there was multiple series. I think I was on the second one or maybe in the middle of the third, and I was just like, I don't – this is too much for me. This would have been so easy if they both had trash music and people would just like – not have this emotional attachment. Uh, no. Oh, so you mean people would be, people would be able to, um, wh- what's this called? Vilify them easier or? Yeah. Cause a lot of people have, have like, uh, have trouble, um, kind of con- condemning R. Kelly cause they like his music. Hmm. Like they feel, no, I get it. I mean, you, he makes good songs, but like he did bad stuff. Yeah, I think it's, well, was Bill Cosby funny, you know? Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't, you know. That's true. O.J. Simpson was a Hall of Fame running back. There we go. So, for me, it's kind of easy. Obviously, if there's victimization involved, then I I really don't care what their creative... (laughs) outlets yeah. or is R. Kelly still does he still get play I know Michael Jackson still gets play and anytime one of his songs come on the ones I like like Thriller or Bad or mm-hmm. um, any of these when they come on I'm, I'm just like uh, or Beat It Billie Jean all of these cuts I, I when they come on I'm like oh that's good I really like that you know and even my kids like I was getting them in I think this was before the documentary came out but my kids I was trying to get them exposed to Michael Jackson like yeah this guy when I was a kid he was he was the best, and I p- I play Thriller for him. I would play Beat It, and they all liked it. I like it, but it's good music. I d- I don't think I'm gonna stop listening to it because of those document, um, uh, because of those um, miniseries. Now R. Kelly, I never really got into his stuff, so I don't know. He I'm told he's good. If you like R and B, you'll probably like his songs. Okay. Yeah. Are they still playing it? Uh, some some people probably are. I don't know about the radios, but I, I guarantee you have people playing it like in secret or something. Oh yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, if it's good, it's good. I mean, but he's still pretty. Uh, yep, a bad dude. Yeah, yeah, very bad dude. Very, very bad dude. <laughs> so I think we'll end on that note. Oh, we'll geez. end on a bad du- dude. Oh I can't my think god, of any I made this so like much worse. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> like it's fine. Hey, it is what it is. It's an amateur podcast in my garage. No big deal. No pressure. So, uh, yeah. Kelly had a garage. <laughs> oh, did he? I'm just kidding. Is that part of the story? <laughs> uh, I think it was a dungeon, but I don't know. Oh, you just keep making it worse, Nathan. I, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, let's just stop it right now. <laughs> let's stop before we get canceled. Yeah. Uh, we do not condone any kind of uh, bad behavior from anyone, no matter how talented they are. The end. <laughs>